0: You're listening to a news story on the audio version of The TIE. Thanks for listening. The TIE is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So, if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetie.ca and become a TIE builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel any Bad Advice and Worse Record-Keeping Practices By Katie Hislop, September 7, 2023 A youth in government care was misled by BC's Ministry of Children and Family Development, which also neglected to give her access to the legal advice it was required to offer, according to a new report. Making matters worse, when Ombudsperson Jay Chilka asked the ministry to conduct an audit to look for other youth from care who may have been similarly misled or denied the right to independent legal advice the ministry allegedly refused, because, Chulka said, it lacks the faith in its own record-keeping practices. The Ombudsperson's report, released yesterday, details the situation for a young woman they call Alexandra who was rejected for post-secondary funding programs for youth from care in 2021. Alexandra had been taken into government care five times before age 16. At the age of 17, Alexandra's custody was transferred to her aunt. Ministry policy states young people are entitled to access independent legal advice through the Legal Services Society, in court order applications such as the one to transfer custody of Alexandra to her aunt. The issue in Alexandra's case is that never happens, and the materials filed by the ministry to the court indicating that, and that Alexandra understands the ramification of this custody arrangement. Are left blank, Chulke told media during a video press conference yesterday morning. But the ministry still submits the application to the court, anyway. Without legal advice, it would be difficult for a teenager, let alone an adult, to understand all the ramifications of a court order, Chulke said. Ministry policy recognizes that. As does Section 60.2 of the Child, Family and Community Services Act, he said. When presented with the plan to transfer custody to her aunt, both Alexandra and her aunt asked her social worker if Alexandra would be eligible for the ministry's post-secondary funding, given she had stated plans to pursue higher education. The social worker said Alexandra should be eligible, but she would follow up with her and her aunt to be sure. Unfortunately, the social worker was wrong but she never communicated this to Alexandra or her aunt. In 2021, when Alexandra was 23 and ready to return to school, her tuition waiver application was rejected because the institution she was accepted to was not an eligible institution under the tuition waiver for youth from care. Because Alexandra was in her aunt's custody on her 19th birthday, she also discovered she was ineligible for the agreements with Young Adults and Youth Educational Assistance Fund Ministry programs, which both provide funding to cover books, rent, transit and child care while youth from care are in school. Access to these programs is limited to youth who are still in care on their 19th birthdays. For young people removed from their biological family's care, Permanency planning is a process that is supposed to begin when a young person in care turns 14. Together with their social worker, they create an exit strategy, whether that means transferring their custody to another guardian, returning to their family, or transitioning into independence when they turn 19. Alexandra appealed directly to Minister Mitzi Dean to ask they reconsider her application given the information she was provided with when she was a child. When the ministry refused, Alexandra took her complaint to the B.C. Ombudsperson. This is a ministry that has the obligation to act in the best interests of young people, said Chilke. Alexandra's best interests were definitely not protected in this case, and I'm concerned that there may be others who are in the same situation. Although Alexandra is not identified as being indigenous, Chulke's report notes the overrepresentation of indigenous children in care makes him concerned that they are disproportionately likely to be subjected to ministry errors like these. Following his office's investigation, Chulke says he presented the Children and Family Development Ministry with five recommendations. Compensate Alexandra for the funding she was mistakenly told she was eligible for. Conduct an audit of permanency plans for all youth whose legal care status was changed over the last decade to ensure they had access to independent legal advice. Involve the provincial guardian and trustee in all ministry court orders to ensure children's rights are protected. Implement a strategy to ensure all frontline staff tasked with permanency planning understand the limitations of all possible permanency plans and implement a strategy to ensure staff are aware when they must provide young people with referrals for external legal advice. However, according to Cholke, MCFD has only agreed to implement the two recommendations about staff training. They rejected the audit, the report notes, because whether young people are offered legal advice is not recorded in ministry documentation. Stated plainly, the ministry confirmed that it lacks the faith in its own record-keeping practices to be able to accurately understand what transpired during the permanency planning phases for hundreds of children and youth who were in ministry care over a 10-year period, Chilke's report read. It's a troubling admission that ministry documentation is incomplete, Chilke said. It is also profoundly unsettling that they refuse to audit their own files to ensure no other young people have experienced what Alexandra has, he said. This is not the first time MCFD has been criticized for incomplete paperwork. Internal regional audits for compliance with ministry paperwork requirements in 2020 and 2021 showed less than 50% compliance. The office of the ombudsperson has no authority to compel a government body to comply with its recommendations. Instead, their mandate is to inform the public of the findings of their investigation. Chilke told the media yesterday he held a press conference during the first week back to school to try to press MCFD to reconsider their decision to ignore three of his recommendations. Frankly, I expect more from the ministry and I think British Columbians do, as well, he said. In an emailed statement to the TAI, Minister Mitzi Dean noted that young people like Alexandra would be eligible for the tuition waiver if they attend a public university or college in BC, while the additional support she was denied is now open to all youth in some form of government care on their 19th birthday. Dean did not comment on whether they would reimburse Alexandra, however. We will be reviewing the Ombudsperson's report in detail to fully understand what went wrong when Alexandra sought advice from the ministry in 2015, and how we can avoid this in the future, Dean's statement reads, adding they have made changes to youth transitions from care since then. It's clear that social workers need to provide accurate and complete information to youth and families, and we will continue to improve communication and information sharing. We want to ensure that all youth in care receive the supports that will help make them successful in life. In an emailed statement, representative for children and youth Jennifer Charlesworth echoed Chulke's request that the ministry make good on its mistakes. Children and youth have the right to receive accurate information about the public services and supports available to them, as well as access to independent legal advice when decisions are being made that will affect them, she wrote. In that spirit, I would urge MCFD to reconsider its decision not to accept and comply with all of the recommendations contained in the Ombudsperson's report. Thanks for stopping by the Tai today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to thetai.ca and click on the Support Us button to pitch in. Finally, big big thank you to all of our Tai builders who made this story possible.